Hey everyone, it's good to be back here in the Quarter Life Podcast Studio. I'm Juan, and with me I have... Oscar Magana. And for this week's podcast, we have a very special guest of ours. Mitchell Kavlik. Mitch is a very talented painter that I admire for his work in Charisma, and he also works with us at Coach. I also want to briefly mention that I apologize for not making the remote travel episode while I was away on my trip. I'll hopefully be curating a future episode about traveling to make up for it. In the meantime, today we'll be discussing art, something that to me is very personal and important, and is, if not one of, my favorite hobby and pastime. Alright, so to get us started, I'm just going to briefly go over, well not briefly, because this, this part's, <laughs> I was just out on my phone, it's very long, uh, my background about art, um, how I feel about it, you know, my teach, my uh, teachings and educations. So when I was younger, I often tried to be the, the best drawer that I could in class, um, but that went immensely horribly, and I came to figure out that little kids don't really know how to draw, and if they do, they're basically prodigies. Uh, which is fine to say, but it's it's safe to say that I was not prodigy at all. Uh, through elementary school, my skills as an artist were shallow and very insecure. Once I got to middle school, I gave up, and any real reason for passion for drawing was left in the shadows. And I just settled for a mindset that led to me to believe that I will never be good at art or anything related to art. I also remember that one of my art teachers always critiquing my work started her sentences by saying, if this were my artwork, dot, 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 which really pissed me off because I thought it was a horrible way to give feedback to a student who was trying to improve. I would get a much better instructor much later on in my schooling. Um, but before that, in high school, I was very, I very much don't remember wanting to be an artist, but I do remember thinking that I could be some sort of artist in the way of being a musician or a writer for TV and movies. Uh, that led me to go to AU to study media studies because of this. AU was too expensive though, so I dropped that after a year, and then I went to Wabanti. So while in class, really never sparked my interest in art. One instruct, one instructor, in my Wabanti classes did. Uh, my drawing professor for intro to drawing class really stuck his philosophies in my head. He was very open, unlike my middle school instructor, with his criticisms, and he was very generous as well. Oh uh, well, <laughs> no okay, all right. One of our last uh, critique days, I remember he looked at all my work and said, you're sitting on an A right now, but when I look at all your work, I'm not sure you deserve it, which is tough to hear, uh, but he was right in retrospect. All the progress that I made in my ability to draw was very, very marginal. If I was going to get any better, it was safe to assume that I had to be harsh on myself sometimes too, as well as praise myself for any progression I was seeing. During my time in that drawing class, oh, sorry, I lost my... During my time in my drawing class, I realized that drawing and any other form of art is a learned trade, not a talent. Anyone can learn how to draw. They just have to put in the long hours and hard work. So since that class, I've drawn every day for about two to three months. I've been trying to teach myself how to draw faces mostly, but sometimes I'll draw full bodies and figures just to practice. At Wabanzi, I also figured that my subconscious passion for art was turning into my passion for graphic design. I found that my love for art, technology, software, video games, colors, abstraction, culture, literature, and music would all be streamlined into a passion for design. I've always been a visual learner, so being able to pick a major where I can turn my artwork into like a technical trade um, and be be regarded as something other than a struggling artist was very appealing to me. As a career, it appealed to me because of the immense opportunities to grow uh, within your career. So you could be any type of designer or creative that you want, and if I didn't want to work as an office uh, work at an office shop. I could work for myself if I wanted. I could also spend hours upon hours learning about other designers before me and art histories. So to me, art is essential for life and culture, and I love learning about it just as much as I love making it, or at least attempt to. So now I want to pass it on to Mitch to tell us his background about art and where he got started. No, Mitch. My background's probably gonna be pretty brief, but um. You know, like, as a kid, it's kind of, like, the same thing. Like, you're kind of, like, drawing shit in... Can I swear? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, you're kind of drawing shit in elementary school (laughs) and everything. Um, But I wasn't, like, super passionate about art or anything, but, like, I still enjoyed it. 
Um, middle school, I took some art classes, and I was kind of digging it more, but, like, nothing too crazy. And uh, middle school was actually the last time I took an art class. Uh, probably beginning of high school is when I started getting deep into, like, street art, graffiti, and, like, hip-hop, because they kind of, like, go hand-in-hand. Hand. And, like, I had some homies, like, um, a dude named Yovi. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Yovi. Come, come on the show. Um, <laughs> like, we would always, like, fuck around. Like, we started, like, you know, drawing some graffiti a little bit and, like, showing each other, trying to learn new things. And it kind of just developed into kind of... Something we did while we were kind of like little hood rat kids, you know, because like I went through a little fucking hood rat phase mm. doing stupid shit. Um, and like graffiti was kind of one of them because it sort, of, sort of started off as like mindless vandalism rather than like a true art form. But it kind of developed to be that way. And uh, yeah, I really have just like a lot of love for like street art and like brands that were created from it, like Shepherd Ferry with Obey, even though that brand kind of went to shit mm -hmm. with. I feel like the people who rep it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then I haven't taken an art class in high school. I didn't take anything in college, unfortunately, because I really wanted to. Um, and I've kind of just been stenciling, spray painting, sticker slapping, and shit like that for the past decade or so. Wow. Um, I actually did take art, a lot of art classes. Really? Yeah. I'm really bad at it though. Um, middle school, I did art club at Waldo. If um, and if a lot of people know the art cl the art um, classes, you if you had an idea, you can take one of those ceiling things on top of the the school like the the ceiling. Mm -hmm. You take them off and you start like to like draw on it. And me and my friend uh, Eduardo Mojica, shout out to Eduardo. Um, we drew Bob Marley for some reason. I was so into Bob Marley <laughs> back then. But then uh, I actually took art every t every year in middle school, and then I took art class my freshman year. I took art one, and then my art teacher was like, I, I'm going to recommend you take art three. You're, like, you're, 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 you're talented enough to skip art two, which was like a coloring class, and take art three. But then I joined ROTC, and that's the end of my <laughs> art, uh, my art career. But I always carry a, a sketch, a sketchbook with me, and I'll sketch this little character I made in middle school called Banana Man, which is literally just a banana with glasses, um, which, which it was influenced by my love of reggae music back in middle school. So it was like a little reggae like superhero because I, I also love comics. So that's my only background in art, other than the fact that I'm a huge fan of artists. And and I'm a, I guess the, an amateur art critique, critiquer. <laughs> um, so Mitch, you said you've been stenciling for like ten years. Just about, uh, probably a little bit less than that. But like, I kind of started off with stenciling like little logos and things like that. Yeah. Kind of just cause like it was like an easy mm -hmm. way to, I guess, ramp up anything. I mean. I'd paint little canvases, mm -hmm. just put little logos on my wall, even if it's shit like a Nike logo, stuff like that. Um, I'd even make like shirts and stuff like that with like bleach, if you've ever seen that. Like I have, I actually still wear his little Wu Tang one mm -hmm. that he stenciled on like a Wu Tang logo on the pocket tee with bleach. And it kind of just started with that. And then like as time went on, it just progressed to get more and more intricate and actually more and more like creative and original. Mm -hmm. Did anyone teach you to do that? Not really. Um, to be honest, I can't even tell you the first time I saw it or tried it. But um, over time, I kind of just learned new things, like new uh, techniques how to stencil and like yeah. make stencils and cut just through like YouTube videos and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, because when I think of people doing that for like a decade and you say you hardly take any art classes, I imagine that maybe like you went on YouTube a lot. Yeah. And, you know, you just copied what other people were doing. Um, before, like, I went to, like, my, my drawing class in Wabonzi. After, like, that period where I was kind of, like, a gen ed major in Wabonzi and I didn't have any art classes, I would go to, like, libraries and check out books, like, how to draw the, the human figure or something. And I realized that I didn't realize this then, but I realized that after I took my class that those books are all bullshit. And that the <laughs> only way, the only real way to learn how to draw is just by doing it. Like you just got to start much. and then keep going. You got to keep fucking up 
and eventually like you'll start learning from your mistakes either that or you gotta like get somebody to teach you because it's very difficult to put it into a book especially like how to teach someone to convey shapes and forms and light and shadow and things like that um what is your creative process would you say do you get ideas um from other people or do you often uh, just come out with them from out of the blue and then do whatever is on the paper i don't really have necessarily like a set process that i follow um i get a bunch of inspiration from like multiple places from artists from my homies from even music shit like that um basically my creative process nowadays is pretty much um i start by like making a stencil in photoshop and like i adjust it as is go from anything brightness contrast and like i adjust the layers as is as i go with it mm. um then like i'll print it out and i'll start like hand cutting it and like hand cutting is that's like the most timely process it depends on like how intricate the stencil is and whatnot and like how many layers but like it could take multiple hours usually i do it over the course of like a couple of days um then pretty much after that it just like goes to painting so mm. i'll do anything from sometimes like i'll sit outside and i'll straight up paint like six canvases just do the backgrounds i just mm. sit out there with 12 15 cans spray paint until i think i look till i think they look good and then i basically hold them off until i start like stenciling whatever i want to stencil onto them so do you do you start every like painting like physical painting in photoshop then or yes okay yeah so you, you've never like just taken a canvas and then started stenciling it no i mean i've made like my own stencils before but i've never made anything complicated okay do you do you freestyle any of like your artwork now or is it all like planned out digitally it's a mix of both i pretty like i started digitally but then i go in and like manually change things if that makes sense. Um, I actually, like, I have a little bullshit picture that I can just show you real quick. So, like, this is, like, the J. Cole one I did. Okay. And pretty much, like, I'll start it off by, like, making each layer. So, like, the black, the dark gray, light gray, and then white. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'll start, like, adjusting how I like them. Like, for example, if I didn't think there's, like, enough definition in the nose, I could start messing with the colors around there. Right. But um, pretty much, like, as you see the photo, like, the white is, like, where, like, the light's shining and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, I'll also kind of make, like, different readjustments as I cut it. Because, um... It's sort of hard to explain, but no, I get, I get it. I mean, you're basically just layering upon, um, like tones. Yeah. Because this is like the darkest tone, and yeah. you got your mid tone. Just like grayscale. It gets it gets lighter until you don't have to color in anything because that's white. Correct. And then it's kind of a pain in the ass when you start cutting it because mm -hmm. there's things like such as islands. So pretty much, if you think of like how you would stencil like. The number zero, for example. You can't just cut around it because you're going to cut that middle part right out of it. So whenever I make stencils, I'll really have to, like, focus and go through each stencil and actually, like, take notes on the stencil itself to, like, points where I can't cut through and points I should cut through and things like mm -hmm. things along that line. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'd say that's a very traditional way of approaching painting. Um, but the fact that you started digitally first is something that I haven't heard of because most people would just start doing it on the canvas right away, not necessarily planning it out like on a computer beforehand. Yeah. I feel like it depends on the artist. Do um, you, do you think ahead. if, you know, that there's so much advancement, like every time I see a commercial like the iPad Pro gets so advanced with, and they focus on the like the drawing because like they have the uh -huh. the what's it called the Apple Pencil, mm -hmm. the Apple Pencil stuff like that. Um, you think if for some reason one day or like go back ten years ago, you know computers stop advancing, do you think your approach to art would have been different, or like would you have stopped because you 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 hit that wall? It, it seems like the digital advancement skyrocketed your, your your passion so 
what 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 would you say for to Mitch ten years ago that didn't have art or I guess the like you know Photoshop and all that stuff? If I pretty much couldn't do something digitally like this, I probably would have stayed straight with like graffiti, and that's pretty much what I started with. And like I don't really do it at all anymore. It's mainly just stencil work, so it probably would just be that. How many places did you tag? Slash cars, slash uh, buildings. Zero penises, thankfully. Um, I really couldn't tell you. And not it's not like a ridiculous number. It's definitely nowhere close to like a hundred. Um more than ten? More than ten. Did you um ever like tag Mitch was here or something? Thankfully not. No. I was I was smarter <laughs> than that. I never had like my own name. Yeah. No shit like yeah. that. You have like a some sort of like pen name? I went by the name of Icon back in the day. Okay. That's pretty dope. What do you have any crazy stories? Were you ever like close to being caught? Not necessarily cuz like we were young, we weren't doing like anything super reckless. So like most spots we hit were pretty hidden. Like we hit like places like under bridges that like we could literally kick it there for like half an hour and paint without like a single soul going by. Mm-hmm. Um There's no like crazy story like running from the cops or anything like yeah. that. Is there um you know, you don't have to name locations, but is there like certain locations where I can go right now and still see your art? If you hop around like the Fabian Bridge and like windmill over there, okay. kind of like Route Twenty Five, yeah. you'll find some shit. Um, what? I don't know. I, did you ever have to like climb? Like, what was the most difficult area to get to? Those are the weirdest things. Like some, like I'll be driving. So when I go back to my mom's house, I'll drive. I take north, the bridge on north. Is it north? Yeah. yeah it is north. And there's a bridge. There's a tr- where the tr- where, yeah where the train where the train's at. There's a bridge. And there's a there's oh I always see like some graffiti out there. And like I I always want, I always imagine like people like putting on rope on their waist and then like doing like some sort of like like wall jumping. Obviously, I don't see you doing that, but... I didn't do that, <laughs> but I should you not. That's literally what people do. People harness themselves over the top oh, yeah. of buildings. Yeah, did to I get... Yeah. Dude, people do some crazy shit to get up. Did, did I just insane. discover the secret of tagging? <laughs> <laughs> it was, That's it. It was an un, uh, untold secret. Uh, what is your favorite... I, I always think that graffiti is such a... It's, it used to be a taboo art style, but now it's not. Do you have any like favorite like artists? Do you follow any favorite graffiti artists or... Or even the, the even the template style. Is there like any template like artists that you follow or, or can shout out? My favorite is definitely Shepherd Fairy, the dude who like created Obey. He basically started with like stenciling like the Andre the Giant face yeah. and like he, he made the uh, the Obama Hope yeah. thing. Yeah, he did. And uh, that dude is like insane. Like as a street artist, he claims he's hit over like a million spots throughout the world, and like that's. Like it depends. Man, he I don't claimed, know. Like he includes like sticker slapping with that. And what is that again? Sticker slapping is pr- exactly. So like for example, like he has oh, all like okay. the Andre the Giant stickers, and like you oh, okay, you'll okay. fucking find them around here, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. from people buying them from like Zoomies or some shit okay. and sticking them around. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he's he's been hitting up places for decades upon decades, and like he's gone all across the world. Uh, the dude's art is amazing, and um, yeah, Shepherd Fairy is definitely my favorite. And graffiti, I'd probably say King Rabo, but he passed away a little while ago. But that dude's fucking dope. Yeah, what what were his some of notable works? Literally just shit in Germany. Oh okay. Yeah, gotcha. he never like most street artists like never branch out and actually make a career into right. it. Most people are just like anonymous. Who's that famous? Um, Banksy? Banksy? Yeah, I, I love Banksy because I you never I don't follow like I follow his fan page which will send me like obviously we'll post like pictures of like where fan, like Banksy's at. But do you ever see yourself being in that like pseudo famous or do you wanna like achieve that with your artwork or do you just wanna like keep it as a, a low a low key hobby? Um 'cause like if you blow up like 
Me and Juan take 5%. That, that's the agreement of joining the podcast is that we take 5% at any time somebody blows up. I'm not. But, like, no, like, seriously, I, I always imagine people that, you know, start off as artists. Like, I always, you know, try to hype up Juan in any opportunity I see. I always hit him up. I guess I have to hit you up now. But, like, do you ever see yourself, like, seeing you're like, damn, I can really do something with this? Or, like, because I know you, you do uh, commission work. Do you ever, like, see yourself, like, Doing like a, like a thousand dollar commission, like you know, that would be sick. It would definitely be sick to get there. But honestly, like I literally just started selling this. Like I've yeah, the whole time I've done it, like I've literally done it for myself, nobody else. Like occasionally, like I make canvases like for my girlfriend or for my friends and shit like that. Um, but I kind of I literally just did it for like my own enjoyment and for my own like art on my walls, yeah. just to cover my walls. It'd be sick to like get somewhere like that, but I doubt i see it yeah. happening not trying to shit on myself but like to be I agree. real i mean i agree and i think that most most <laughs> i think most artists are like that because like they're not really into self-promotion because i feel like most artists love the craft before they love their audience or even if they have an audience like it'd be cool to like get commissioned by the city or something to do a mural sure and stuff is. like that but you got to get like you gotta get noticed first and then yeah. you gotta have like an audience and you have to have a certain reputation like a certain like personality about yourself before you get to put your name on like the city's wall mm-hmm. so it is it is hard to get to a place like that and even if like it, once you get there you're like am i still enjoying the things that i was enjoying when i first started so you gotta look at it like that too uh and it's also and man it's hard man because like you want to self-promote but you, f- you kind of feel like you're just shoving it in people's faces. Yeah, at least you don't want to do, be forceful. And I don't want to be forceful with it. I just want people to like to find it themselves. And if they like it, they do. For the record, I shove every time I drop an episode. I stop <laughs> doing it, but every time in the in in the coach uh, group chat, I'm like new episode, and people are like, "Can you cover my shift? New episode." <laughs> oh god, that was disrespectful. It's hilarious. Um. If you guys don't mind me um, sharing my creative process, please do. Um, it's usually just it's similar to Mitch's, but not entirely because like I don't do like physical mediums. It's rarely it's rarely that I do physical mediums since I left like my art classes. But I'll literally get inspired from like music or like um, like um, like phrases that I hear, quotes or philosophies from like. Plato or Socrates or something like that. Excuse me. Um, or either that or I'll just start looking up like art that other people have done, like pop art, uh, abstract abstraction. Um, I forget what I think it's Russian suprematism, uh, which is just shapes and colors. And like, I quite like that because it's simple, it's colorful and it's very energetic. Um, I used to just not like art because I thought all art was was like portraits of old men. <laughs> well, that, was, that was when I was like little. But obviously now I realize that art can really be anything that you want it to be as long as you explain it well enough. Like if an art credit backs up why a picture of your hand is, is artwork, you know, then it's artwork by, by their standards. Uh, when I see, or I guess when I, when I critique to my girlfriend about art, I usually... I, I like seeing modern art and I like seeing my, my girlfriend likes, um, post, uh, post mid-century, uh, art. So it's like kind of like, um, patterns and like a little bit like, uh, sci-fi. I like, um, you know, just to name a couple people. Um, I like Andy Warhol. I like, um, Sabra, uh, Dali, stuff like that. I like, I like mainstream big artists, um, just because I never, um, actually explored one of my favorite local artists is uh cream cream yeah but I, but buddy knows but buddy knows he's, he's he's really sick with it and what i like about him and what i started liking about myself is uh i started taking more passion with uh my like my background like my my race you know me- a lot of mexican art a lot of like and not only mexican art but mexican american art and I, so I started paying attention to more, even in my Instagram, like I'll start seeing like a lot of like, you know, the Virgin Mary, but like more of like a, like a chola, which is dope. Um, and I don't know. I just like 
that things. And if I had a, I have a, if I had a process, I think of more of like my history and my background. That'll be my inspiration, which would been would be very repetitive. Um, I don't know. I also like sci-fi stuff, so I think I take a lot of inspiration to like from Star Wars to like like samurai shit. So like a lot of like a lot of like sci-fi samurai, which is still like Star Wars. But yeah, right, what's your inspirations? Did we ever talk about that? Kind of did in the beginning. Yeah. It could. It's pretty much anything from like artist to music to like my friends' right. shit they're doing. Hmm. Um, similar to what you said about like you sitting in your backyard with like six canvases and then you do all the backgrounds at once. I kind of do something similar where like if I have like a theme of an idea, like say, like say the theme is weather, and then I, I I do like three three drawings of like rain, summer or s- sunny weather, and then like fog, and then. I'll just do them all within like 10 minutes or it'll take me like an hour because I'm so picky. And then those like all these ideas about what's related to weather, like, okay, what's related to weather people and then people will turn into cities and then cities will turn into pollution. And so I'll get this like idea thunder in thunderstorm in my head and I'll make like 12 drawings at once. And then I'll have like 12 drawings on my Instagram drafts. So like a lot of the drawings that I post, like they were already made like a month or two ago. And like I, I'm, I'm waiting to sh- to, to share the, like the new ones, the ones that I came up with like today or like yesterday. Um, so I don't know if you do that too. Like you save up work to share. I I kind of did because I originally had an Instagram that I kind of shared some art on not a lot, but that ended up getting hacked. And then I made another Instagram a few months back, mm-hmm. and like I kind of saved up a bunch of work I've been doing in the past couple of months to start posts on there. Yeah, but most of those are portraits, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we can start getting into the prompts because that's what will take the longest for this episode. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Well, the first, the first, I mean, I guess the first one. Yeah. Cause it was what your creative process was. So we already got that. Um, so the next one is that art is pretentious, competitive and subjective. Um, by pretentious, that really means that, um, because art is subjective, it's like person to person and it's a toss up. People often get very arrogant about the art that they like and the one the art that they don't like. So for instance, if I like a painting and Oscar doesn't, Oscar might begin to spread some knowledge on why this painting is good or, or my, maybe I'll do something about why it's bad. And as far as art making goes, it's very competitive because it's subjective. People don't know uh, what everyone's going to like and if they do think they know what they like it's often going to be misunderstood or misled um this doesn't go for like painting or uh you know art in its basic form it goes for like our art music uh, theater tv movies things like that uh, so i don't know what your thoughts are on this mitch um i definitely like agree that i feel like art is subjective competitive and pretentious um I feel like it depends on the way you look at it. Um, art is definitely subjective, but then again, I feel like there's also like times where no matter what, I exactly because like I feel like some pieces you could look at it and you could tell like the time, the effort, the skill, and so much hours going into that piece, and like it's almost hard to say that like oh it's a bad piece like sure it might not be your style but like you can't really say like it's ass or something like that i think my only answer when i when you when you said that prompt um i thought about van gogh like he really like he was very like a lot of people didn't like his art right away and like he never went throughout his his like life he never like saw his fame but after he died he did and as to me, it's just a grind, and it's like a competitive grind to like always improve, even if you don't see the the success right away. Like eventually, your art will always outlive you. So like, True. the your art will always be competitive by itself. Mm-hmm. Once you like finish the art, I feel like it stands alone, and it's gonna compete like on like the sp- in space, right? And you know, you will die, but your art will still be competing, and eventually it will. If it ever reach up there, it'll reach some sort of fame, you know. Yeah. Um. 
subjective. Obviously, everything's subjective. Podcasting is subjective. Like, people will listen to this podcast, but won't listen, like, you know, would or doesn't, you know, listen to, like, the Joe Rogan podcast, for instance. Like, I don't like the Joe Rogan podcast. I feel like that's going to, like, destroy our viewership. But <laughs> I don't like him because, like, you know, it's subjective. I, I just have I don't like his format, even though I feel like it's whatever. But mm-hmm. what was the other part? Is competitive, subjective. Pretentious. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I feel like any artist in their mind is just pretentious. Like, just a little smidge, you know, just a smidge. I feel like you need that to, like, keep going to, like, it's like the little spark in your, your lighter. That, that's a pretentious part of, like, the artist. Uh, if I have to go through these one by one like you just did, uh, I would have to agree with Mitch. It is subjective, but to some degree, there's definitely, a, like, like a standard where you can tell, like, this this artist, like, it's bad. And then the start is good. But then also, like, what you were saying about Van Gogh is after he died, he started getting famous. It's also, like, the time period when it was created. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, does this, what does this signify to, like, the culture? What's, like, the cultural meaning behind this these pieces of work? And why is it significant? Um, pretentious. Um, there's a story about Picasso that he was in a, a French cafe and a fan went up to him. And she asked him to do a like a sketch for, for her. And he grabbed a napkin and a pen. And I think he drew like a pigeon or no, a dove. It was a dove. And then he signed it. And then he handed it back to her. And he's like, that'll be f- like 40,000 euros or whatever. And she's like, that took. And she said something along the lines of that took you two minutes to do. And then he replied with, no, it took me 40 years. And to which, like, on the surface, it sounds like, okay, asshole, like, like you're, you're up you're up your own ass about that. But if you think about it, it took him 40 years to get started, to make paintings, to get famous, to then have her come up to him and be a fan and then ask for that. So it kind of it does make sense. Like, huh? Well, it hasn't been 40 years. Probably like 10 bucks. Uh, buddy can charge me 10 bucks because he's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah, but it's also like it also goes back to artist objective. Yeah. Also, artists like they like my my professor told me this too. Like when we got our uh, projects finished, he would sign them and then he would submit them to Wabanzi to showcase for like galleries, like student showcases. And he would have to you would have to put like a price on it. And he said, even though you're students, you're still artists. So if like your art is only worth as much as you think it is. So you got to value yourself no matter, you know, how other people think of you. So 10 bucks. But yeah, like on the surface, it seems like Picasso is, you know, just being a dick when he said that. But at the same time, he is kind of right. You know, it took him 40 years to get to that state where, you know, she had the willingness to go up to him and ask him for something to to be done. Uh, Competitive. uh, I agree. Uh, not only with other people, but like with yourself, I feel like every time I make a drawing, it's like, I'm always shitting on it and saying like, this could be better. Or if I'm happy with it, the next drawing I do, that one will be the better one. And then it'll just keep cycling and cycling. And to some extent it's, it's very healthy to be competitive with yourself, but then to another degree, it's kind of dangerous cause you're never satisfied. Um, but then that also makes you want to make more things. That's true. Uh, um, Going back to what you said about Van Gogh, okay. uh, he also was, like, depressed, yeah. like, all the time. Yeah. And people, like, romanticize artists being unhealthy and just, like, depressed all the time because that makes them geniuses. And I think that's so wrong to think that like that because I feel like Van, I feel like Van Gogh, if he had the right connections... And I don't know if he did. I don't know that much about him. If he had the right connections, he could have been famous while he was alive. But he was so depressed and, like, manic all the time that he just, like, he it was, like, so beneath him to, like, talk to people and be friendly. So to some extent, I feel like it's kind of his fault that he didn't put himself out there, you know? Kind of held himself back in yeah. a way. <laughs> I kind of do, but I don't know that much about him. So there there has to be a disclaimer. No, I'm not anti Van Gogh. I'm just I'm just anti romanticizing people who are unhealthy geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we can go on to the next next bit. Um, the next one is that art critics don't really know what they're doing, uh, and they only make up explanations as to why something is good. 
as the official TQO pod uh, <laughs> art critic, I do say shit out of my ass. Um, I just, I mean, I, I have, I always like the scene from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when they go to the art uh, Ooh, museum yeah. and they're just Chicago. standing there and looking at it. Mm-hmm. That's what I did when I was at the mu- art museum. I just looked at it. I was like, this shit is crazy. Like the small, de- I look at small details, and then I went to that one room, the more modern room, and I just saw the blue thing, the blue like just canvas, and it was just like blue, and I'm like, who the fuck did this? Like, <laughs> like who? <laughs> why is this guy famous? I can do this shit. Like, I always go back to I can do this shit, or I can never do this shit. That's my, that's either the art was good and the art was bad. Like, if I can do that, the art was bad. Yeah. But then again, we go back to the subjective part, and buddy who did the blue. Um, canvas and has his stuff in in the art museum probably did 20 40 years of grinding like he got to that point where like he can throw anything in 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 some canvas and the art museum will pick it up um but yeah no i mean i always try to be critique i feel like any everyone should be a, a critic um even if it's food movies the movie critics are, are so annoying but um <laughs> food crit- i like food critics just because like I like I'm a you know amateur like beer and food critic myself and like I'll try to like pair a nice beer with a nice steak and I'm like all right this this is the feeling I get with art I'm just like look at it and I'm just like what was his buddy's thinking or, or stuff like that but I don't know what you what, what do you think um I I can't really say I know enough to agree or disagree with it um because i feel like i don't know like the training if any that like art critics go through hella training i yeah. believe it i definitely believe our history is very like long and pretty much boring honestly but the interesting thing about it is like if you believe art is subjective then it's like very easy to think that like critics are bullshitting mm. if you see what i'm saying yeah I, yeah I, I see what you're saying but you know sometimes i think they are bullshitting uh other times i do have to hold myself back when saying that um, because th- like Oscar was saying, there there is a lot of training that goes involved, because art history is like history itself. Just learning about it is already very long, so even art history is long by itself. Um, to say that like people are just bullshitting up their ass, and have that be like a profession, you know, it, it's a tough call. But I think for the most part, like you know, art critiques are always subjective, and that's why like they're not. I don't think they're supposed to be taken as seriously as they are, honestly. I got you. Yeah. Um, damn, I was going to say something, but now I forgot. Ah, it was. It was. Was it about critiques? Uh, yeah, I think so it was. Um, oh, like you were talking about food. Um, anything can be considered art. This is the next prompt. Uh, if explained well enough. It's like people, like high-end chefs... They really do make uh, oh, yeah. an argument for why food is art. Definitely. And I think food critics, you know, help that argument as well. Um, I'm going to let you speak on why food is Because <laughs> I'm the only big one guy here <laughs> in this room. Um, you remember fi- the final table on Netflix? If you haven't, go watch it. It's a great It's a great. Uh, like half of it. A what? You didn't finish it? Uh, it's kind of like spacing out for half I forgot show. you are a cook. Huh? Oh, yeah. you can talk about this. All right, um, there's a guy there who, who went to who went to Cambridge or like Oxford or something for art, and like his medium, his medium, 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 medium mm-hmm. um, is art through food. Like he makes art work through food, and obviously his artwork will never live because people eat it. Um, I think to be considered an art, to be something to be considered art, you need critics. So movies have movie critics um music have music critics and so forth so podcasting is so new so new right now that i don't think there's critics unless you're our critic and if you are then i'm an artist you know other than that you it's definitely like he's definitely there's like the fields of movies tv shows food you know actual art and within that other than that you're just you're more of a creative mind you're you're definitely thinking outside of the box, and you're thinking so outside of the box that you're beyond your time. And then right now you can't call it art, you know. You can't call it art, but you, you know. But eventually it could get ten, fi- ten, fifteen years from now, you you probably sitting in your, in your couch and you like turn on the you know, 
future Netflix, you know, holograms and shit. <laughs> and you see whatever you are doing now is famous and people are, have critics for that and it's, it's booming and it's some sort of medium and you missed it. But you were just there and you, you were just, I, you, you were just, you know, ahead of your time. And if, if you don't think your art, your, whatever you're doing right now, you know, some people are models, you know, or, or trying to be models in Instagram. And to them, they're, they're very creative in, in, in their heads. And they think this angle behind this background, it, it looks artistic. It is artistic, but I don't know if it's art, you know, because like anybody on Instagram can do that. But like, it, it takes a really creative mind to be like, all right, how can I push this to like, to to start something new, I think you have to start something new to be considered an art, an artist, you know. But that's just this unofficial TQL uh, critic <laughs> <laughs> opinion. Um, I pretty much believe that most things could pass have pass off as art. Um, I'm not gonna say a hundred percent. But like majority of things are. I feel like if you could portray something in a creative, artistic way, then like it would be considered art. Mm -hmm. Food, I definitely believe, is an art. People eat with their eyes, without a doubt. Even if the food tastes like shit, if it looks good, they'll at least think it's better than it actually yeah, is. Yeah, I agree. And um, it kind of like this past Saturday, there's a event at the place I work at, and like what it is is like when the residents can't pay to like live there anymore they pretty much hold this like fundraising event to like help assist those residents who can't live there so we dish out literally like a hundred dollar plates and it's fucking like sam and oscar and shit like that it's mm -hmm. super fire food and like it's beautiful food too um i don't know where exactly i was going with that yeah kind of just saying like food is art people eat with their eyes um well i mean i guess what you're trying to say is like if food is art like that means art you know, it's consumed by the masses. You know, on a regular day, you don't have to really necessarily go to, like, a museum to yeah. enjoy fine art. Yeah. It could be, like, a plate that, you know, is served from the kitchen nearby mm -hmm. or something. I also remembered what I was going to say, and nice. it was it was back to you, uh, Oscar, who, when you said um, that if you, like, look at an art piece, like, that's just, like a, like, a blank canvas or, like, a blue canvas or something, like a black canvas. And, like, people think, like, oh, I can do that. Uh, there's like a really good uh, video on YouTube by uh, I think it's called the channel's called the Art Assignment, but I can't remember what the video is called. Uh, when people say like I can do this, uh, basically the argument goes like, well, yeah, you can you can do it, but it doesn't mean like it'll be special, be because like the artist that did it was probably the first one to do it, to do like a blank canvas and pass it off as art. Either that, he, either he was the first, either he or, or he or she was the first one to do it. Or they were the first ones to come up with the good reasons to why it was, like, a good piece of art. So just because, like, you can copy something doesn't mean, like, it'll be shit. You know what I mean? Like, you got to come up with, like, good reasons, good uh, intellectual reasons, and also, like, the timing, like I said about Van Gogh, to make it special. Uh, that's why also anything can be considered art if you explain it well enough. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to my point where, like, you know, all these people on Instagram posting pictures and thinking creatively. Um, you can think artistically, but doesn't mean it's art. It's until you start pushing the envelope and start pushing to start something new or make something better. That's when I consider art. So I, I do agree, um, but I also see the point where it it takes someone special or it takes special skills to get to that point like the the blue canvas or the blank canvas i can never do that obviously because i, I it, that person already did it so if i were to do it i'm obviously a copycat but if i were to for some for some reason put a blue canvas with a, a white stripe in the middle by the way if someone does that take, i'm taking five percent <laughs> um i guess like you it, it's just a, a derivative it's just like something that take inspiration and i guess it once you inspire something, you have to start something new unless you just want to follow someone's footsteps, you know? Um, given that Instagrammers and chefs alike um, can be passed off as artists, again, if explained well enough, uh, the next prompt is that I believe that there are more or probably more art mediums now than there ever have been. 
Um, there is plenty of eBay listings, like Cheeto that looks like Virgin Mary, <laughs> that go up for like a thousand dollars, and you could say that those are like passed off as art pieces because people, you know, maybe will buy them and then display them like in a glass case or something like that. Um, there's also like an eBay listing where someone like took a a computer and they like downloaded the five worst viruses ever known to man and they're selling it on ebay for like thousands of dollars and then also there's a youtuber that i follow who like wore a beanie and then he put it on ebay too and that one that one almost went for like almost a million dollars too jesus christ it's like crazy like what what kind of mediums like people are going to come up with next to pass off as like fine art and like I get, like I said again, like I keep mentioning, like if you explain it well enough, anything could really pass off as art. Um, I don't know what other me- video games could be passed off as another medium. You know, video game playing. You know, the art of moving your fingers to hit buttons. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I mean, I can. The only way I can understand this is is through podcasting. You know, so many people, or there's so many pod. Everyone, everyone thinks they can do a podcast. Just because you have a conversation on a table, you think you can do a podcast. That's when you start doing it, and you start like, all right, I can't really do this. Um, <laughs> I think it, to me, it doesn't matter how many people there is in, in that um, area. You know, for some for some reason, let's say, uh, for out of nowhere, everyone starts doing canvas, like, you know, what's this called? Stenciling, Stenciling right? Everyone starts booming, um, and then the fit the fade the the fad starts fading away but you're still going at it and that's when you start becoming the top of your the, the top dog right mm-hmm. to me it's like it's just a grind it, like it doesn't matter how many people there is in the beginning is who is there in the end you know it's, it's always it's always how you you perceive your passion and how you perceive the and it goes back to like you know the the core life like my my core values of of this podcast is we we we've done so much in in so little time that we want to have more and and once we finish with something we continue to find more things to do it and for artists uh, p- you, if you're an artist listening to this don't stop doing it like i think what haka once said told me is like um if you want to do bar you want to be a barber because like, barbers are, are artists by the way the the what Oaxaca, yeah, go go to go, go to big boss by the way <laughs> uh what Oaxaca can do with those clips i <laughs> Boy can fade. Boy can do a mid a mid fade, bro, like no other, right? But what I'm saying is, if you want to do it, you can. You gotta continue doing it. You know, you're gonna mess up, and people are gonna start becoming barbers in in, in their basements. Is until you start making it and start becoming famous as a. Start if Oaxaca ever starts charging me hundred dollars, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm still gonna go <laughs> to. <a, laughs> nah. Yeah, Fuck it. Yeah, like barbershops are now a medium of um you know art artwork especially if you had like designs with stars on the side or something um another one i think would be like videos on youtube that would be considered an art form especially people who like take videos and like mash them up to create something like you ever see those people who like will make a video of like super smash bros like like their sound edits and turn it into a song yeah and like that that would be considered artwork i think too um but yeah there's just so many and like people are like this candle on this table could probably be like you know knifed up and carved into like something I don't know, like a dildo or something. <laughs> yeah, a chode dildo, and you know it could be passed off as that. And then like with me, like I think you know if you look at sneakers, and something that we've mentioned briefly on the show before, like I really do think that you know sneakers can be passed passed off as an art medium because they're. You know, the ones that resell for, like, thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, they're seen by many as, like, you know, their they're beautiful shoes. Their, um, the story behind the shoes is why I want them. That's why they're so cool. And then people won't wear them because people will have them in display cases, you know, and they want them cleaned. And they never want to dirty them up because they, they really are, like, art pieces in that way. So, I mean, yeah, art art is just, like, a really like evolving thing right now i think i feel especially like because i feel like whatever you get your hands on you can just turn into something that people will you know either love or hate um but definitely will be passed off as like something to look at do you agree mitch 
Definitely. You guys pretty much, like, hit everything. But, like, art, just like anything else, is constantly growing, constantly expanding. There's always got to be new mediums thrown mm-hmm. in there. You guys yeah. pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Or, like, DIY projects. Yeah. Like, that you see, like, on YouTube sure. or, like, Pinterest or stuff. Like, that really is considered an art form, too. Yeah. You know what? I think it's a, such an underrated art form. Authors. True. Like, if you think about it, they wrote something on paper, right? Or Literally typed, or typed it, and, and you start reading it. The way I imagined it is completely different the way you were imagining it, but it's through the same text. It's just, like, pop, you know, art through, like, letters and words. You can say the same thing about, like, lyricists, oh, just, like, musicians, people who sing. Like, like, I might not think this Frank Ocean song is about, you know... My girlfriend, you might think of it's about your mom or something, you know. So, yeah, it's very interesting. What's another art form? Subway sandwiches, dude. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> so, no, nah, more Subway because you, you get to pick what you want. Aren't they stuff. technically called sandwich artists, too? I think, I think so. Well, you, like, title. apply. Yeah. <laughs> Baristas at coffee True. places. Straight up. Any, any coffee places. Art. But, like, if if I see your buddy that will not be named in the cafe... I will not go get a coffee because Buddy does horrible coffees. But if I see Buddy number two making coffee, I know this guy's gonna make it crazy. So I gotta go get it. And it it, it goes back to the sneakers because if if I know an artist does a collab with Nike or you know with like Coach for instance, I'm gonna want it because I know I like this person or what he does or and this collab would make a perfect thing. As for a consumer, you know, it goes back to the consumers. Like, if we like your your things, whatever project you're gonna be into, well, people will go see it or eat it or drink it or go buy it, you know, whatever. So, and so lastly, um, because there are so many mediums, um, there is a saturation of art and what is considered art, and who are considered artists, uh, and because of that. A uh, huge saturation and influx, you know, and wave of, of art and things things that are considered art. There's a lot of bad out, art out there, like a lot of bad art, like a lot, and it's unfortunate. Um, that's why I think that subjectivity, to a degree, like Mitch said, is, you know, cut off by like this standard of literally what is good and what is bad, and then everything else. Um, like if you ever, I don't know, man, like I just see like things on my Instagram feed sometimes, like on my explore page and like, it'll be like a, like a really cringy, bad logo, but like everyone in the comments will be like, great job. <laughs> and like that, that clapping emoji. It's just like, dude, like, I want to, yes, I just want to tell them that it's bad, but you know, people are encouraging each other and overall it's good to encourage a community like that. But it's just like, if you don't tell them it's bad, they're never going to get good. You know, you gotta be real with it. Yeah. I think it goes back to the continue of the, of the grind. Like, there's the saturation would would obviously affect your your viewership through Instagram or, or your, your publicity stuff like that. But I like to think about it the same way uh, Obey looks at it. Is they they were so hyped, so hyped. Like whatever they drop, people buy it. And obviously that 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 saturation made people new people come in. Like I don't want to buy Obey, and so people stop stop wearing Obey. But that brand's still going on. And they still drop new stuff, and and the and the true Obey fans still buy Obey, and he, and they still resells fairly well. The same thing goes back to Supreme. Supreme st- saw this big wave of of hype beast, this new wave of hype beast, but then they started dropping some trash stuff, some new some hype stuff, and they're not reselling that well because other people are. Dro- uh, there's other collabs that people want, and. It, it, in this field of saturation, you have to stand out. You can't just continue to throw trash just because your name is behind it. It's also the consistency of throwing good stuff out there. So, like, yeah. for instance, if that person continues to throw out trash logos out there, eventually people are going to stop clapping. <laughs> and and you are going to go from <laughs> clapping to, like, the, the, the thumbs-down emoji. And then Buddy's going to get really sad because out of nowhere he got hyped and he got loved and then – he he can't deal with, you know, negative or, or or constructive feedback anymore. So it goes back to that. 
Yeah, and see, that's why I think that middle school instructor should have been fired because their feedback was fucking awful. It was just so bad. It was literally just like, if this were me, which is basically saying, like, I'm going to draw better than you because I can draw better than you. Like, that's why I think it's so bad because, like, I don't think you have to just say it sucks. I think you got to say, like, like, this can be improved by blank, blank, blank. And so because there's, like, nobody saying constructive feedback, like, online because nobody like will listen because like they're scared of you know saying that it's bad like people like art just suffers like that and i think that with the rise of the internet it just gets worse and then it's hard to stand out because there's so much bad stuff out there um i feel like that's why you need some friends that like will have no issue shitting on you yeah probably <laughs> being roasted on is good sometimes because i mean like don't get me wrong like your friends always like support you or shit like that but like they'll also tell you like shit that could be improved and mm-hmm. whatnot yeah, which is definitely good. And I I don't mean to sound pretentious like when I'm talking about this because I'm sure some people might think that my pieces are shit too. But like, they don't have to tell me it's shit. They can tell me like what can be improved instead yeah. of that, you know, like in, yeah. a, in a respectable, respectable way. Definitely. Um, Like, especially like with this show too, like, like I've always said like, if you talk shit, I'm not going to listen to you. But like, if you tell us what we can do to improve and what we're doing well, like then I'll listen, you know, because that's like, that's the way to do it. Okay. No, we're not going to throw hands, Oscar. You, you can throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw hands, dog. Somebody's going to come to the bar like one day. It's like, yo, your podcast is trash. <laughs> and I and then I have to keep my word of throwing hands. <laughs> so I won't throw hands. <laughs> no, nah, you, you can't. You can't. You can't. Yeah. I got one thing to tell us in here as well. Go ahead. Um, I feel like the low barrier entry will pretty much saturate like anything. I feel like this is most, even though like it's definitely prominent in artwork, I know where you're coming from. I feel like it's the most prominent right now in music. Is anyone with a fucking laptop could make anything, post it online, do whatever the fuck yeah. they want. And I feel like music right now, because like I make beats and shit, so like I see it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think my shit's amazing, but like there's some shit that out there that is like so trash. Yeah. And it's. I don't know. It's like, like you said, with, with like some paintings to a degree, there's like, there's a point where you can tell like how many hours went into it. Yep. And there's a point where like, you're just like, they just made this yeah, in five minutes. Exactly. Straight up. I, I mean, that that's, that's correct. I, I totally agree. Um, some music is super trash right now, but to go back to the time purpose, um, what was it? Not amazing. Love Lockdown was made 10 minutes before the MTV Awards. By Kanye West, and that beat goes crazy. So I don't think about the time, but I definitely do see the low barrier, the low the low entry. Um, people thinking that their their beat, they they I don't know. People think that their music is crazy, and they start making beats. And it's trash. Um, what I would what I would recommend is do that, but don't post it. Yeah. Send it, send it, keep it close to your, your close homies. And next time you make a beat, send it to an extra five people, an extra you know ten people. Until you you send it to so many people that you can officially throw it out in the in the and you get like a real space. feel for it. Yeah, um, I just got the. Um, oh yeah, so pretty much the thing with like time and everything, uh, I definitely agree with you. Like some heat could definitely be made in like a short period of time, especially like the longer like the musicians have been like in their career and shit like that, because I, I feel like there's so many like bangers that producers literally spit out in fucking five minutes and then like they'll critique it for a while Mm. and fucking tweak it and whatnot but yeah you could definitely create some heat in a short short amount of time so back to that uh i I might give you this question but then juan can answer it what's the fastest project you've done and you said this came out pretty well I'll have to look through my Instagram. Give me a sec. Um, oh, hmm. Mm. That's a tough one to answer because, like I said, they're all subjective. And every every time I do something, I always think the next thing is better. Um, I'll tell you one that maybe I got a lot of likes on and it didn't take me that long. Hmm. Oh, probably this one. The one with the microphone and the red background and the shapes. That one probably took me, like, 10 minutes to do. But people really liked it. And, like, again, it goes back to, like, you never know what people are going to like and not like. 
You just gotta do it. You do it for yourself and do what you like, and then people will follow. I don't uh, know if I have like a piece off the top of my head that I've done. I've done like a few like single layer things. Like I did a piece one time on a vinyl that I bought from Goodwill actually. That is like water and then the sky faded out with stars out the Wu Ting logo in the back and then I had like a silhouette of the New York skyline like between the water and like in front of the Wu Ting logo and that's pretty badass and like I did that in like no time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Did you want to add something about politics? You re- yeah. you DM'd me. Somewhere. Pretty much the only thing I was saying oh, is yeah, it's not like, it's, all right. So like it's politics, yeah, okay. it's not like straight like politics. Like fuck Trump, even though like fuck that guy. Yeah. But it's more like like Shepard Fairey, for example, of Obey. Like he loves throwing politics in art. He'll always throw like huge, iconic like protesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the thing that I love about politics and art is is more so bringing like real life global issues to light in a creative fashion they'll attract eyes and like people might actually have interest in because like using politics and art is a good way like spread the issue to people when otherwise they would not give a fuck or not have an interest in even talking in the issue because like you could bring up issues like one-on-one and the person might like not even give a fuck Mm -hmm. but like if you create some super clever creative concept create it into an art piece then like people are gonna be looking at it and then might have them thinking a little bit and then it's like oh shit this is kind of interesting or like oh shit like i didn't even know about this and things along those lines yeah i agree i think i there's like another story about picasso i i know too much about that guy <laughs> but like he he painted uh one of his paintings called guernica which is about um i think the the germans invasion of spain if i am remembering correctly and then uh, a Nazi looked at it, and he's like, did you do this? And he's like, no, you did. So I kind of, like, it goes back to, like, things like awareness and, like, um, just being, like, in the moment, being, like, just being aware of your surroundings and what's going on around you and how you can, like, project your, your like, imageries onto a canvas to then be displayed by an audience, and that audience can then interpret it in a way where, like, it connects to them. Like, mm-hmm. if drug traffickers um did something bad and then it got in the news and then i could make like a piece on it and then like say someone who doesn't even watch the news because it's too like they think it's fake news or whatever then they'll they'll get a message from like my piece but not necessarily have to know the situation exactly so i think it is interesting like banksy's like a big proponent of that i was actually gonna toss that in like banksy's like all of his shit is like political yeah um i think he's a big troll i he definitely is did you see the shit when um he sold the painting yeah and then it just he, went through the he, fucking shredder <laughs> he released a video on how he did that i and saw that the video kind of makes sense that though. that that piece because he trolled tripled like it tripled. I, I was gonna say it tripled yeah. in value people were like the guy the the <laughs> oh I, th- I think the the venue who sold it to the guy was like you still want it i'm like no i'm gonna sell it now for three times worse because it's mine now Straight up. and that shit happened like yeah, that guy got yeah so straight up um if oh. you guys ever get the chance, watch uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Mm. It's it like at? a documentary. It used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. Uh, but it's like a documentary. It was originally actually filmed like on Banksy mm. about him, but then he pretty much flipped the script and made the documentary on the dude who is a... You just have to watch it. It's all as fuck, though. It shows like the way he does some of his art and like a few like interesting things. Like One thing he did was... Uh, he hired literally some random dude to run an art stand in the middle, I think, of New York City. Yeah, and then uh, he pretty much, like, sold original art. And, like, I think he maybe sold, like, four or five throughout the day. And, like, one was, like, for their kids to put up in their fucking bedroom. And they were selling, like, 10, 20 bucks a piece. And then, like, at the end of the scene, like, it says, like, oh, yeah, each art piece is valued at, like, 200000 I don't know the what's, exact what's it number. Called? Exit through the gift shop. Actually, through gift shop. That's okay. the like full documentary. I'm sure you could find a clip of that somewhere. But yeah, I remember that. people thought they they were like just like like artsy copies and stuff. Yeah. That's why they, they didn't buy them. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, timing, dude. Like straight that's up, that's everything when it straight comes to up. like art and things like that. All right, I think that's it for this episode. I want to thank everybody again for tuning in to this week's episode of the Quarter Life Podcast. Again, I apologize that I didn't make the travel episode while I was away. Um, hopefully that Oscar made up for it for the last with the last one. 
Uh, and we'll be with you guys next week for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, like, again, like tradition. Mitch, this is the part where you can put your Instagram name. Tell us what you're going to do. Tell us how we can contact you if you want to commission art. Gotcha. Go uh, on Instagram, it's at buddy underscore evergreen. Uh, I make beats under that name, too, so that's where it comes from. <laughs> um, fucking, I sell a bunch of prints. Hit me up for one or order a commission. Um, for me, obviously, if you're following me or you listen to this podcast, you're obviously following me, so forget about my app. But follow the TQL pod on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're also on Redbubble. Buy our stickers. Um, please buy our stickers. <laughs> and for me, as always, I'm at Juan.ai. And then I also opened up a photography page called Juan.pxl. Um, I spam that page. So if you follow me and then I post, like, all my pictures at once, don't be alarmed. I know it's annoying, but that's just for, like, fun sakes i just keep that one as a hobby too um again thank you everyone for tuning in i want to thank mitch for coming on thank Thank you for having me i want to thank oscar for hosting uh probably probably forever (laughs) uh all right thank you guys see you later bye